As our grid feels the strain of power needs, we might encounter more and more blackouts. Whether they last for a few hours or a few days, are you prepared? Hey, this is episode 783 of the Ready Your Future podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you prepare for a better future. It's all about loving your people, getting prepared, and living free. I'm Todd Sepulveda, a regular guy living in the suburbs who understands the need to be better prepared for the future. Hey, are you looking to up your preparedness knowledge? Don't spend time bouncing around the internet for the best preparedness content. Instead, sign up for the top preparedness articles and get them right in your email. For $5 a month, you can get the top preparedness articles from around the internet sent to your email weekly. You can choose to read them or drop them in the Pocket app and have them read to you as you go about your day. The Buy Me a Coffee link to the top preparedness articles is in the show notes. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode. Hey, before we get started, I want to give a big shout out to Gary for buying me five coffee coffees on Buy Me a Coffee. I uh, just greatly appreciate that and the support over there, uh, Gary. Um, you're a good guy. You you always support the podcast, so thank you so much for that. All right, so this episode is going to be a solo episode. I'm not reading an article, but I'm bouncing off an article from Paul Martin. Now, not too long ago, I interviewed Paul, and he is a really great guy. He's here in Texas, and he puts out really practical preparedness advice. And so it's not, you know, on the the fringe, oh my gosh, you know, you know, have your bug out bag and get ready to go to the woods. Although there's some of that, you know, because some of that makes sense. But he's talking about really practical stuff. And so if you're not subscribed to his uh, newsletter, his email that goes out when he puts out a new article, I highly recommend it. So this one's coming from a recent article that he wrote called Take Action, Plan for Power Outages. And like I said, I'm going to bounce off of this one because I think where we're headed with our grid and the strain and not just here in Texas, like we have experienced recently with winter storm Yuri. I mean, that was the winter time, but we're going into the summertime and you know, we know that there's going to be a strain already, but this is really anywhere. And so he kind of proves that, or at least he cites some sources here in his, uh, in his article. So I'm going to just read a few paragraphs here because I don't have permission to read his articles. And uh, I'm going to link to it so that you can go and read the the full article for yourself and click on the different uh, resources that he links to. But then also, like I said, sign up for his, uh, you know, for his email. All right. So this is coming to us from his uh, article called Take Action, Plan for Power Outages. So here we go. To quote Admiral Greer from The Hunt for Red October, This is no longer a research project. So, quote, the Texas grid faces a new reality. And this is Public Utility Commissioner Chair Peter. Peter Lakes said Wednesday, data shows for the first time that the peak demand for electricity this summer will exceed the amount we can generate from on-demand dispatchable power. So we will be relying on renewables to keep the lights on. So let me prepper explain that a little further. We're now at a point on the timeline where Texas cannot generate enough power through traditional means during peak demands in the summer. I don't think living outside of Texas will ameliorate the problem for you. From the Wall Street Journal, 
To get through the temperature extremes and tight electricity supplies, grid operators are relying more on conservation pleas to everyone from homeowners to manufacturers to some of the biggest users and Bitcoin miners. Such requests aren't new, but they are becoming more urgent as weather patterns become more extreme and construction of new infrastructure for power generation and transmission isn't keeping pace with the trend of electrifying everything from stovetops to transportation. All right, so that's where I'm going to stop reading his article. And like I said, you can go check out the rest of it there. Um, you know, good information over at Paul T. Martin. So the reason I'm talking about this is because there's so many things up in the air right now. We talk about the economy or if you're following things on alternative news and you're following it on websites and, and you know, Twitter or wherever, wherever you're following news, there are so many things that are up in the air right now. So we talk about the economy and right now, I think people are focusing on the banks and the failing banks. And I know that's one thing that has come up in our, you know, exclusive email group. And so that's, that's one of the things that people are talking about, you know, what's, you know, that, that we need to, to consider and we need to be thinking about. So we have banks that are failing and I uh, was listening to, actually a prophecy, you know, you know, preacher and they, they do their thing, you know, every so often. And, you know, they were kind of talking about this and how the, um, and well, you know what, maybe it wasn't them. Uh, maybe it was an article that I was reading that there's only so much that the fed can do. Right. And so if the small banks are failing and maybe they're one at a time, but if the con contagion started and it was a lot you know, more and they couldn't withhold it with just like one bank or whatever, then you would see a real, real big problem. But people are pulling their money out of the bank and that's going to even cause the problem to even go go further. And you should have money that you have at home, right? There, there should be cash at home and you should protect that. And that's a whole nother episode and all that kind of stuff. So we have, you know, with the economy, we have banks failing. Then we have this U.S. debt. I saw a, a chart the other day where the the interest on the debt it would it went like straight up and down. It was you know from like twenty you know, somewhere around twenty twenty straight up. It was crazy how much you know interest we're paying on the debt. And there's no talk about you know bringing that down. I mean I, I don't think we, you you would ever be able to bring down all you know all the trillions and trillions of dollars that we have in debt. But that's one thing to, to consider. We talk about inflation. We actually type, talked about that in the last episode that, you know, about inflation and that we're all feeling it regardless of what they're putting out there in the media as far as, hey, the numbers are good. You know, employment is good. More people are working, you know, all this kind of stuff. We know that when we go to the grocery store, we're feeling it. You know that when you go to buy something, you're feeling it. And then there's the other things that we're dealing with are shortages. And we're really not talking too much about that. You're not really feeling that as much unless you're looking for something. So you go looking for a vehicle and you want, in the past, you were able to be you know, pretty specific. You were able to order something that you wanted. Um, now it's, it's like, okay, you're waiting weeks and weeks and weeks. My wife and my father-in-law were looking for, uh, you know, recliners, and the ones that that they wanted had they had to order it because it's it's like eight to ten weeks out because they don't have them in stock. If you want a specific color, and then you know if you have, and I know that I've talked with people about this before, if you needed parts for your vehicle, 
if it was a certain specific type of part that they don't have on hand, you might be waiting for a couple of weeks. You might be out of a, a of transportation, you know, relying on somebody else or using a second vehicle or something like that. So we have the shortages that we're dealing with. Then we have the Ukraine and the Russia thing always going on, right? That's always in the background. And at one point, it took over all the different uh, news outlets, and now it's kind of out there. And so you, it comes uh, comes up every once in a while. I um, I, re- I was reading this morning before I, I started this that they were evacuating one of the nuclear uh, towns, you know, in Ukraine because things were bad. And I didn't get all the way into it, but you know, people were were leaving, and there was like a five hour wait to get out of the city because everybody was evacuating this town. Um, you have the thing with China, and China is trying to, you know, make make friends with with everybody else other than the United States, you know, and so they're making friends with Russia, making friends with Iran. They're trying to to whatever they can just because of the United States, and they don't want to uh, to work that way. And you know, you have you have that, you have the China, the Taiwan thing. You, I mean, that's always in play, right? And then on top of all of that, on top of everything that's going on. Everyone has their own personal issues. You have your own relationship issues. You have your own financial issues. You have your own medical issues. You have your own things that you're dealing with, right? A, a broken, a broken pipe, right, or a leaking pipe that you got to take off of work to to make sure that someone, you know, you're there at home for the plumber to fix. Uh, you know, your battery goes out in your vehicle, and so you, you know, you got to you got to take care of that. Um, again, you know, medical issues and 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 all those different kinds of things that kind of add up, and then. On top of that, it's all the preparedness stuff that we always discuss, right? I mean, you can, well, all the things that we, we talk about, whether it's, you know, terrorism, whether it's nuclear war, whether it's, you know, and we can get into like the EMPs and stuff like that, that always kind of come up. And you find that in the prepper verse uh, with just, you know, articles that you're reading and, and all that. And now one of the things is, you, you know, you got to really consider blackouts. Blackouts were a thing that, you know, up until recently, we only would experience if it was like hurricane season here in the in 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 Houston, right in the Houston area. So during hurricane season, you know, we we knew if there was going to be a hurricane that was going to come up to Galveston and it was going to hit us, we knew we probably would be without uh, electricity for a, a little bit of time. We experienced that with Ike. We experienced that with Hurricane Harvey, and you know all the other different hurricanes that that we have had throughout the years that I've lived here. You know, all my life in Houston. But then, you know, it's like wintertime. Like we never experienced power outages in winter. Now, I, I know that some of you are up north and you have experienced it then, but it just wasn't you know part of the deal. But now we're feeling it during the summertime as well. It's like we're, we're being told, hey, try to, you know, uh, turn your air condition up, right, to a certain degree. And uh, you just got to know you don't use your, your washer and your dryer during peak hours uh, because, uh, you know, the, the grid is going to fill this strain during the heat of the day. And if we're not careful, we're going to have, you know, blackouts and brownouts and, and those different kinds of things. And, and I've actually been, uh, you know, I've actually experienced that and other people have experienced that as well. So when we talk about blackouts, there is no time frame when we talk about 
you know, uh, a blackout and how, how, uh, how long they can, they, they can go. Right. And they can happen for very many different reasons. They can happen because of a hurricane. They can happen because of a winter storm. They can happen because, you know, electrical lines, uh, you know, you have a wind storm, right. And you just a lot of wind and they, and they take down, um, you know, the, the electrical lines. Uh, and, and now you can have just because it's just really hot outside, the thing is that they can last for a couple of hours, which, you know, that's not that big of a deal, or they can last for days, maybe even a couple of weeks. I know that during Hurricane Ike, you know, there was people that were without power for weeks. And the thing is about a blackout is you can live through it for the most part. I'll talk about, you know, something else here in, in a minute, but um, where maybe it's going to be a little bit more dire for you, but you can live through it. But here are some things. So, it's very inconvenient. It can be very, very inconvenient. And so we know when you, when you're without power and you are sitting in a home that's starting to heat up during the heat of the day, uh, you're not able to, you know, charge your phones. You're not able to just go to the refrigerator and open it up or go to the freezer. You're not able to, you know, or you don't want to cook in your home because you know that that's going to add to the heat in the home. So you, maybe you go out to eat or, you, you know, you cook, uh, you know, on the barbecue grill or you, you break out the camp stove. And some people would be like, Hey, this is a perfect time to go ahead and test out some preps, but it is very inconvenient. So I know that during Hurricane Ike, like I mentioned, uh, we had we had a lot of people, and it was different pockets depending on where you were in the city. Um, there was different pockets where um, they were out of power for a very very long time, and we had one teacher. I was still on the campus at this time, who they were without power. So you know life was starting to get back to, to, to normal. You know, people were going to work and, you know, school was in session and all that, you know, stuff was going on. So she was living in her home, you know, with her family, with her kids, they didn't have power. So they were dealing with, you know, battery operated, you know, whatever lanterns and flashlights and things like that to sleep. But then they would take a shower in the morning and then she would come to, to school and she would put on her makeup and she would blow dry her hair and she would do all of that because she just didn't, you know, they, they didn't have the power to be able to do that normally. And so, you know, it's, it was inconvenient, but she was able to get through it, you know, she was able to, to, to survive all of that. And so that was one of the things that, you know, we would come into school and like, we would ask her like, Hey, so how are you? Uh, you know, do you have power? And like, Oh no, no, not yet. And so it was a really big deal when she got it back. You know, she was excited. She was telling, you know, she was posting all over on, on, on social media. She was sending texts to everybody like, Hey, I got my power back because it was a big deal. Right. And so it was just, it is that inconvenience that that you experience when you don't have power in your home. The other thing about a blackout is that it can be costly. So you can lose all the food in your refrigerator and your freezer. And right now with the cost of of things that are, you know, that that are in your refrigerator and in your freezer, it could be a lot a lot of money. So this has happened to us with hurricanes and the ones that I refer to often is like Hurricane Ike and Hurricane Harvey. So we didn't lose the freezer uh, because I was able to, of course, to keep those going and and we were able to, uh, you know, to to be able to power those. But when we were at the point where, okay, you know what, we we don't want to stay in the house. We want to go ahead and, uh, you know, go to my parents' house who they did have power. 
um, we were, you know, we were able to transfer all the stuff in the freezer and take it over there. And at that point, we didn't have two freezers, so it wasn't it wasn't a whole lot. I could put it all in the, you know, in in my big igloo and take it over there, and we were good. So we didn't lose the freezer, and that had you know a lot of the meat and stuff like that uh, that that we you know that we didn't want to lose. But the stuff in the refrigerator you know, we did lose, we did throw out, you know, whatever that might've been, you know, vegetables. And then you have the, the different spices and the sauces and the different things that are in there. And so back then, I guess it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, because, um, now I, I look at it and like, it could be a couple of hundred dollars that you have just in your refrigerator to replace all those things. So, you know, it would, I wouldn't probably, be as uh i wouldn't as easily throw all that stuff out or be willing to 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 go somewhere else i'd want to stay and keep those things going because i would want to make sure that i I didn't lose that stuff but you could be dealing with a couple of hundred dollars if you lost all the stuff in your freezer you know if you have a one a, a freezer and you have meats in there and you know you've been kind of stockpiling that uh you've been you know rotating that out maybe if you have two you could be talking about thousands of dollars and so really, when, when you think about a blackout and you think about, okay, you know, a couple of hours, that's no big deal, right? You just keep the refrigerator and the freezers closed. But if you're talking about days, then you're talking about like, I, I don't want to lose thousands of dollars of meat that I have in there that I've stockpiled, you know, um, that's just not something that, that I'm willing to do. So in, in place of that, you want to make sure that you have a way to keep that freezer going so you don't lose everything there. And then if you have two freezers and let's just say like in my situation where I went to my parents' house, they wouldn't have been able to put all that stuff in their freezer because they wouldn't have had that freezer. You know, they wouldn't have had space, enough space. So you want to make sure you have a lot of options, especially now because of the cost of everything that you're able to keep your refrigerators and your freezers going for a while. And then I did mention that you can live through it, but it can also be, you know, there, there's a caveat to that because it can be deadly for those that require some sort of medical device that needs to be powered to live healthy, right? And so, you know, all the different, and I'm not, I'm not an expert in that. I don't know anybody who has that, but, you know, whether it's oxygen machines or CPAP machines or things like that, whatever you need, you want to make sure that you have a way to power those. So that's, you know, you can, you can, be in a situation where they're deadly. Um, you could be in a situation where there's older people and when they get hot, um, their body, you know, doesn't react like, you know, someone who's, who's younger and they can't cool down. They need to be able to stay cool. They need to be able to have a fan on them, or maybe, you know, you're able to power, uh, you know, a window unit air condition in a, in a room, you know? And so, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be important. So I'm thinking about when I'm, when I'm thinking about blackouts and how, you know, some, some of this stuff is really going to apply more to the heat and to the summer. Uh, when we talk about, uh, winter time, I mean, that can be deadly as well, but you're not going to power a heat source with, with, you know, like a battery or generator or something along those lines, right? A lot of the times when people talk about uh, heat in the wintertime, they're talking about, uh, you know, uh, a stove, a wood stove, something along those lines, you're, you're bundling up and, and, and that. But the issue here is when it's hot, when it's really hot and you don't have a way to cool down. So let's talk about four main reasons you want power. And here, here they are, right? And when you really think about it, 
you want to have lights. You want to be able to see in the dark. You want to be able to get around. And I, I remember there was a, a time where we, the our neighborhood and I guess the, the surrounding area lost a big transformer. I think there was a fire at one of the substations and we lost power. And I really do uh, believe in like subscribing to the text messages from your power company or from your from the company that handles all that and will alert you. And so sometimes, you know, the power will go out, and they'll, you know, probably 20 minutes later, they'll tell you, uh, yeah, the power is out. We expect it to be on at this time. Well, then there are other times where like, hey, the power is out and we expect it to be on like, you know, in 24 hours. And so that was the case in, in, in this point. So we went ahead uh, and it was, you know, it was evening time. Uh, I felt good about the freezers and all that kind of stuff. But we went ahead and just we spent the night at my parents' house. Well, it was, you know, dark outside by the time we left. And it was very surprising how dark it was. I guess you you never really realize it. You know, you might go out in your neighborhood and people might not have a lot of lights on. Uh, you might, you know, go out and, uh, you know, if you live in the country, if the, the moon is out and the stars are out, whatever. This evening when we went out there, it was just dark. It was like darkness. And you could really see when there was lights on in different places. Like you, maybe you see a light coming through a window uh, you could see like a car really far away, um, but it was just it was really uh, crazy or let me just say eye opening to experience how dark it was in the neighborhood and coming out of the neighborhood because, it, you know, there was no lights at on, you know, and you just don't really experience that. So, you know, when the power is out, you want to be able to have lights. Like I already mentioned, you want to be able to keep the refrigerators and the freezers going because you don't want to lose what's in there. It can, I mean, it's a lot of money that you have invested in and food, and you don't want to lose what's there. You want to be able to charge cell phones. And I'm just talking about important things here. There are things like, hey, you want to maybe show a movie for the kids to keep them busy and things like that. And you can do that. I'm just talking about the things that are really important that you want to be able to, to have power for. You want to charge your cell phone because you want to be able to communicate. And so although the power might be out, the cell, cell towers still might be working. So you want to be able to communicate, send text messages, whatever, uh, find out what's going on. Uh, and, and so I think that's really important. And then if you need to, you want to run fans to stay cool or, you know, run a little window unit if you, if you have that to be able to, uh, you know, cool off a room and have everybody in one room, a small room, and so that they can stay cool. And so, you know, those four things, again, have lights, keep your refrigerators and your freezers going, charge your cell phones, and run, fan, run fans to stay cool. And we can add a fifth thing there if you have someone who is dependent on some kind of medical device. You can add that fifth thing there. So let's talk about some ways to have power. And these are things that we've talked about in the past, but it's always good to, uh, to you know, to, to think about these things and to really process this, especially with the news that, hey, we're going into a time where the grid cannot produce its power, where you're going to start feeling that not only just here in Texas, but you're going to start feeling that everywhere. Um, you have, you know, we didn't even really talk about the attacks on the grid on different substations and stuff like that, where people were going and, and attacking substations. Uh, you really haven't heard a lot about that. That was probably you know, in the last couple of months, that was a big deal. And it was happening more than you were really hearing about it in the mainstream media. 
So what are some ways that you can have power? Or one of the ways that people have power, and you, the one that everyone kind of goes to, is the generator. And we talk about generators because they produce a lot of power. They're big enough to power everything you want in your house, right? To power all the, the power needs in your house, whatever that might be. And so you really need to be thinking about, well, what do I want to power in my house? Because there's a big difference between a 2000 watt generator and a six or 7,000 watt generator, and then a whole house generator like a Generac, right? So things to consider are the bigger they are, the longer that you run them, the more fuel you're going to use. And so I'm going to go back to one of my, you know, to an experience in one of the hurricanes, Hurricane Ike. So my mother-in-law and father-in-law were living in an area where the lights were out, the power was out for a good while, for uh, I think it was maybe a week, maybe even longer. So my father-in-law knows a little bit about electricity and was able to tie the generator into the house, you know, the transfer switch and all that kind of stuff. And so they were able to power everything that they normally power. Uh, in in the house, except for the AC, uh, the generator wasn't big enough. I think it was like a 5,000 watt generator wasn't powerful enough to run the AC in the house, although they were, they were able to run a, a window unit. Um, and it wasn't powerful enough to run the washer and dryer and, and have everything else on. So they didn't, they didn't wind up doing that. But he was using about five gallons every 12 hours. And so the thing is like in, you know, when he was going and he had a couple of gas cans that he was using, but he was running to a fuel stations. And because the area was without power, he had to, he had to drive to an area that had power. And, you know, sometimes that could be really close by and sometimes that was far away. And, and the thing is, is that because everybody was doing that in Houston, then you know there was there was kind of shortages of gas as well, and so you really had to know where you were going, and you 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 know you kind of had to get lucky. So he was burning about five gallons every twelve hours uh, of 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 the day, and so you think about that, and that can get that can get costly. Maybe back then it wasn't as costly as it is now. Now is like people would be thinking about that, but then people would say, "Hey, it's worth it to be able to have all the you know my power on, you know, charging my my you know being able to charge my cell phones, power my refrigerator, my freezer, maybe run a little window unit." So you might want to consider, like, if you have a generator, do you need to run it 24-7, right? And if you do, there are some things to consider because the maintenance, not only the fuel and all that that you got to deal with, but there are some, there's maintenance that needs to be done. You know, every so many hundred hours that a, that a, that a generator is running, you need to do some maintenance. You need to to change out the oil. You need to do those types of things because if not, then you're going to run it into the ground and it's not going to be available for you. And you don't want to spend, you know, seven, eight, a thousand dollars on a generator and then wind up, you know, it's not, it's not working for you. So it can be costly to run it 24 seven. Maybe you run it enough to run the freezers and keep the freezers cold. And so, so that they don't lose, uh, you know, so it doesn't go below freezing or whatever, but, uh, you know, you really don't need to keep it on 24 seven to do that. Um, if you're thinking about a generator, I like a dual fuel generator. So one that can run gas and that can run propane. So I have a lot of propane that I keep talked about that in the past. And so propane, uh, maybe if you live out in the country or if you have, uh, maybe just in the suburbs where you're able to have a, a big propane tank, 
you can go ahead and tie that in or have a, a way to connect that. So you have a lot of propane available to you and it would just be really, really easy to connect to that. Again, that could be very costly to, to run it that way. I know that during uh, winter storm Yuri, uh, my boss at that time had a neighbor that had a Generac and she wound up staying with them, you know, next door and the bill for them, because they were able, and it was a whole house Generac was very, very expensive. You know, they were, they were running the, you know, the gas, you know, it was tied into your gas, your natural gas. And they were running that, you know, every, you know, every, every hour, I mean, it was nonstop. And so the house was warm and all that good stuff, but it was very costly. And if you have the money for that, more power to you. But if you're, you know, like everybody else and like you're watching your, your pennies and your dollars, then that's something that you need, you need to consider. Right. And so it's like, you need to think about how far do I want to go with this before it gets to a point where you need to actually, you know, make a move and, and you really need it. Another way that you can have power is uh, an inverter, using an inverter that you run from your vehicle. I've talked about this many, many times. This is uh, maybe some people call it the poor man's generator, but uh, I, I love this idea and I've used it before during Ike. I used it um, and took a lot of pictures and I, use, I still use those pictures you know, today. Um, well, maybe it wasn't Ike. Maybe it was Hurricane Harvey. Uh, I, gotta, I, I can't remember. I get them all mixed up, right? But yeah, you connect it to your, you turn your, your vehicle on, you connect it to your battery and you run an electrical cord all the way into your home. And then from there, you know, you, you plug in a strip. And so you have a couple of different, uh, you know, outlets there that you can power things at least for a little while. And the thing is, is that, you know, your vehicle can store a lot of fuel, you know? And so like my truck can store, I think it's like 27 gallons. And you think about how many, you know, cans of gas that would be, uh, of fuel that would be. And so you can store a lot of fuel. And uh, one of the things, one of the things that I always do and everybody in the family always does is when we are getting to, like, we know like there's a hurricane coming or a winter storm coming, we go top off all of our vehicles. So they, they all have plenty of gas. And so if we need to use the inverter for whatever reason, then we have plenty of gas to go. Um, I know that during uh, Hurricane I there was a guy that I talked to. He was living in an apartment that didn't have uh, didn't have power, and so he was able to. I mean, he survived. Again, you can live through it. It's inconvenient, but he would every so often go to his car and charge his phone and sit in there and have the AC running just to you know cool down a little bit. So, you know, you can, you can wind up using an inverter um, and and having all of that. If you if you do an inverter, so I think. Nowadays, with the, with the new freezers and refrigerators, uh, in the past, they would have this, this great surge, right? And so the recommendation was always that you had a big enough inverter that could handle that surge. So let's just say, you know, maybe the running watts was, and I'm just making something up here, maybe the running watts was 100 watts, just regular running, but it would surge to, you know, 800 watts to, to kick on for the compressors to kick on. Well, you would want like a thousand watt inverter to be able to handle that surge and then, you know, go back down. And so my, the inverter that I bought, and I have a couple of different inverters, but the one that I bought was from Harbor Freight years and years and years ago. And that's the one that's in the pictures and things. And it, it still works fine. You know, it, Harbor Freight, a lot of people poo-poo all over their, their tools and stuff, but this inverter has worked really well all those years. And so, you know, I just, that's one of those things. Now with the new, 
freezers that that are out there the new freezer that we bought uh a couple of years ago um that sucker it doesn't have you know it just doesn't take in any amount of watts doesn't use as much watts that that i need to even use an inverter i can plug that into my solar generator battery generator which is is the next way that you can have power is a solar battery generator and so they have big batteries like um the ecoflow or the jackery right they have multiple plugs um, multiple outlets you can you know connect usb all that different kinds of things and i really like these i have an an older ecoflow and that you know i go and i and it's been powered up for i I'm, i promise you two years i have not i i go and i and i test it there's a little button you can push to see you know if it's losing charge and it's still like at 99 percent and it, it's crazy you know and i do that with the jackery as well and i just i have a couple of these that i have uh that I've been given for reviews and stuff. And I truly believe in them. They, it just makes a lot of sense, but I was able to use one of these on the, the freezer, my new freezer kept it on for like seven hours, like nonstop, just because I wanted, I was testing it out for the review and it just, it didn't go down as much as I would have thought. And again, if I was in a real crunch, I would not keep it on the you know keep it on power all the time i would keep it on enough to make sure that everything was staying frozen but it was it was just one of those things that it was uh, I, I just believe in those um if you are in a situation where you know power is out like everywhere you can use solar panels to charge these and some of them with the new technology can charge up pretty quickly i mean it's you know it's not charging like an hour or anything like that but you can still charge them up pretty quickly they are silent, so they're not like a generator that's going to be running, and the whole neighborhood hears it. Um, that's you know that's one thing that you know somebody who is uh, into preparedness would probably appreciate. Um, they're portable enough to take it to work in charge. So in that one scenario where I was telling you, like the teacher who you know they didn't have power, she didn't have power, but she was coming to work and getting ready there and all that kind of stuff. You could, if you needed to, bring it to work and charge it if your employer was okay with it and then take it back home and use it in the evening time. So they're portable enough to be able to do that. And they, they have them in all different kinds of, of sizes. Um, they can easily run lights. They can easily, like I said, mentioned uh, just, just a little while ago, they can run your freezer. They can run fans. They can charge your cell phones. And you know, all the things that you would want uh, and need, and, and a lot of the cases will run your medical equipment uh, depending on how much of a charge they, they're, you know, how many watts they're pulling. So they, they, they are one of those options that I believe everyone should have. Um, they can hold a charge, you know, hold a charge for a long time. And you just, you know, I, I'm kind of a freak when it comes to battery stuff. Um, I'm always charging my, uh, my laptop at work. I'm always charging, making sure my, like my phone chargers are charged and, you know, things that I use on a regular basis. I'm always making sure that those are charged because I use them all the time. And it's kind of funny. Like when you go to a meeting and people are like, Hey, do you have a charger? Do you have a charger? Do you have a charger? Because, you know, I don't have my charger and my battery is not, or my battery, my laptop is about to go out. And I'm like, I, I never need that because I always have my batteries charged. And so the same kind of things with the EcoFlow and the Jackeries that I have is I just make sure that I, um, you know, that, that they're, that they're charged and I go check them every so often. So 
if you're interested in some of that, I am an affiliate, just, you know, full transparency. I am an affiliate for EcoFlow and Jackery. I would really go look at the EcoFlow. They have, you know, really the, those ion phosphate batteries that will uh, last for, actually they have a couple of different batteries in their, in their uh, solar generators. Uh, solar battery generators that you can go in and check out and there's a lot of different options now they're coming out with a lot of different things and i'll link to those if you want to go check those out in the description then another thing that i would like if you're looking for for power one of the other things and i've talked about this before in the past are just the portable battery chargers those are the kind that you normally the small ones that are the size of a of a uh, of a cell phone, uh, you can you can do so many things with those. You know, most people just use them to charge your, your your cell phones, but they make them really big now. And when I say big, not size, but powerful in as far as how much uh, milliamps they hold, and they're very reasonable now. And it's just one of those things that you need to consider. They can charge your cell phones. Of course, most people use those. They can run lights. Um, one of the things that I was doing until I moved my office, I had some LED lights for when I uh, do church on Sunday morning. And for my green screen, I had some LED lights and they were USB powered. And I would power them with the battery chargers that I have, you know, these portable battery chargers. And, um, it's a, you know, as I got them for vid to do video, but then I was like, man, these are perfect for, cause they give off the led lights. They're dimmable and the whole deal. And I'm like, these are really great. If I, if I was in a power outage, I could use these to power up a whole room, you know, and just run it from my USB, uh, you know, battery charger if I needed to. Um, they can run USB fans if you need to do that. And so you, you have that as well. So um, those little chargers can do a whole lot. A lot of people just think about cell phones, but they can do a lot as well. And so uh, you can go to Amazon and just search USB powered devices and you can see a whole bunch of different things that, that, you, can, um, that you can power there. So here, here's the thing, right? As, as I'm getting ready to close out, you need to have a plan for, for blackouts and for power outages that fits your needs. Not everybody is going to be the same. There is not one size fits all here. You might say you need a whole house generator. You might you might have the money for it. You might you know have enough resources for it. You might be you might say like, hey, this is this is the way we want to go. I don't want to mess around with this. I, I think you need a backup plan, right? I think backup plans are, are even for a backup uh, whole house generator is smart. But that might be the way to go. I know a lot of people after Winter Storm Uri started looking into it. I know people that looked into it and then saw <laughs> saw how much they cost and they're like, okay, well maybe not. You know, uh, how often do you have like a winter storm that takes out you know the the grid for for a week, right? So uh, you might want to do that. That might be the plan that fits your needs. Um, you know, you might be saying. I'm willing to lose the stuff that I have in my refrigerator. I don't keep a whole lot of stuff in my refrigerator, but, uh, and, and maybe you don't keep a lot of stuff in your freezer either. And so maybe your idea is like, I just want to have enough power to charge my cell phones. And so in that case, you know, maybe you just need some, some portable battery chargers. Maybe you need a, you know, like a EcoFlow or Jackery that could really last you for a long time charging your cell phone. Um, you might say, Hey, I need to be able to keep the medical devices going. Uh, and, and so you can make sure that you, uh, 
you know, you have power for that, you know, whatever that might be, that might be a generator that might be uh, you like an eco flow, maybe a couple of different eco flows or jackeries that you have that you can do that uh, at least until you can see what your situation is. And maybe you need to go to another, you know, to an, another place, you know, to a family members, or you need to go to, uh, you know, to a hotel or you need to even go out state, depending on how large the blackout is. Right. So that's one thing to, to kind of think about. You might be okay, like losing your refrigerator, the food in your refrigerator, but not losing the food in your freezer. And you want to make sure you're keeping that going. So what plan, what, what way of having power would best fit your needs? If you're not sure about how much power you need, one of the things that you can do is get a kilowatt uh, meter to test out what your draw would be. So like, I don't know what my freezer draws or what my refrigerator draws or what my laptop draws or whatever it might be my lights you know um that that and you would want to put led lights on on your lights you know to be able to to save uh, wattage or whatever but you can put this kilowatt on there and you can see how many watts it's drawing and so from there you can go ahead and start calculating how much wattage you need and how much power you're going to need for a day or two, or maybe even a week's worth of being without power, you know that you can handle whatever you need to handle. And then lastly, you're going to want to have a lot of redundancy here, right? And and it's just like, okay, I want to have this, 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 and this. In some cases, you might have all of those things. You have a generator, you have inverters, you have a solar battery generator, you have portable battery chargers. You know, for me, that's the case. I want to have a lot of different options uh, to be able to run things if I need to. You know, when you when you have options, and this is this is just one of those preparedness, you know, thoughts and ideas. When you have options, it allows you to use your your brain power and your thinking and and all of that onto other things. So you're able to say okay, here I can handle the freezer and the refrigerator and you know cell phones and lights this way. And then now I can focus on other things like, okay, how bad is this power outage? How, you know, is, is it so bad that, you know, crime is going to go up or, you know, is it all over the state or whatever it might be? You can start thinking about other things and making other plans. So that's, that's anything, anything in preparedness is like when you have options, when you have financial options, when you have, uh, you know, when you have uh, living arrangement options, when you have those different kinds of things all play into your, your, your plan and play into how you're able to weather any kind of storm that might be out there. So blackouts, right, and power outages are the more probable type of preparedness issue that you might face. We all, we all have those personal things. We all have the, but when you think about like the, the issues in preparedness and, and things that people prep for pandemics and, 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 you know, uh, EMPs and solar flares and, and, you know, nuclear war and all those, you know, this is one of those practical things that you can probably, that you will probably face, right. And blackouts, especially as you've seen some of the things that have happened around, you know, lately, uh, in, in different parts. And again, not just in Texas, but like, uh, like Paul's article said, you know, they're seeing that in other states as well. And you're going to hear, hey, we need to conserve electricity. And then on top of that, you have those ding-dongs that are you know, trying to take down substations and stuff like that. So think about your, your power needs right now and how you can 
help to accommodate those needs and have those plans now so that when you get into that situation, you're able to uh, easily move into it and uh, you know take care of what you need to take care of. Well, guys, that's it for episode 783. Hey, if you found this episode valuable, I would really appreciate a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you haven't subscribed, make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Pepper Goodness. And lastly, speaking of blackouts, don't forget to join the email list because when you do, I'm going to send you my blackout checklist to know what you should do before, during, and after the lights go out. And there might be an extra little thing in there as well when you sign up. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.